Good evening. Go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17, that's where we'll be this evening uh, for the time that we are here together. This is an honor for me to be able uh, to be up here in front of you for the last time this year. Uh, This is the last time that I will preach in 2016, and in a lot of ways it feels like it has flown by. It seems like just yesterday we were kicking off the new year, Uh, but it has been a great year. Uh, 2016 has brought us a lot of very special events. Uh, If a baby was born in your family, raise your hand. Do we have anyone? A baby that was born in your, maybe not you, maybe you didn't have a baby, but someone in your family. Joseph, thank you. I'm glad one person had a baby born in their family. Um, or a wedding in your family. Raise your hand. Okay, I see a little, few more hands. More weddings than babies. Uh, lots of great things have happened this year. Uh, college degrees earned. Uh, do we have any of those out there? Anyone? See, we've got several, several college degrees earned in your family. Uh, lots of things happening. Uh, high school diplomas earned. Any of those happen? Okay, we've got a few. Ethan, you did not earn a college, I mean, a high school diploma this year. I'm sorry. Your day is coming. Uh, sports achievements. We've got some sports achievements that have happened in here. Ethan, have you had any? You want to raise your hand, so. Uh, any sports achievements? Some of you know of lots of people who have had sports achievements uh, or sports achievements that you know of, at teams that you followed. Um, of course, my favorite team has made it to the Sugar Bowl. That's an achievement. Uh, I'm excited about that. Some of your teams have had achievements. Some we will not talk about tonight. Uh, most of them we won't. Oren. Uh, but as I look back on 2016, I think of a lot of incredible things that have happened. Uh, and as a church family, we've achieved a lot of things together. And it has been a, an awesome year. Uh, when I think of achievements that have happened... More than any sports achievements or academic achievements, I think of our spiritual achievements together that have been really incredible. Um, Our spiritual achievements help to put all those other achievements into perspective, that the things that are most important are our spiritual lives. And I think we would all agree with that. Uh, 2015, when I go back to 2015 and think, I only spent half of that year here in Winchester Uh, But 2016 was my first full calendar year here in Winchester. And uh, in a lot of ways, it feels like uh, I have been here uh, for just a few days. And then in some ways, it feels like I've been here since the day I was born. And uh, it has been a very special time. But as I think about the things we have achieved together, uh, I'm excited about what's going to happen moving forward. And tonight, as as we read together... Uh, in Matthew chapter 17, uh, I want us to think about the ways that God works. The mysterious ways that God works in our lives uh, that are, that's going to push us to a bigger and better 2017 than we had in 2016. Uh, so go ahead, move to Matthew chapter 17. We're going to start in verse 14 and read there. Matthew chapter 17, verse 14. And when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic 
and he suffers terribly, for often he falls into the fire and often into the water. So I want you to look back at verse 14. In, in, this, in this verse of Scripture, we read about this, this man. Now I want you to think about some of your favorite Bible characters. Your favorite Bible characters. Uh, some of them that come to your mind may be Samson or Paul or Peter. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe David or Abraham or Moses. All of them have names, right? All of your favorite Bible characters, the one that you point to uh, when someone says, who's your favorite Bible hero? You usually spit out a name because names are important. Uh, but for some reason in this passage, uh, we don't get a name. Uh, with your name comes a lot of experiences, a lot of memories. With a name comes a lot of things. Names how we communicate. When you meet someone, a lot of times the first thing you'll ask them is, what is your name? Because a name really means something. So I got interested, and I looked up some very interesting names. Now this will surprise you. Uh, these are real names that people have named their children. Okay, Keep that in mind. Uh, Zeppelin, for those of you who love Led Zeppelin, someone named their child that. Uh, Bluebell Madonna is a someone's name. Uh, Alabama Rose is someone's name. Uh, one guy that I've heard of named their two children Bear Bryant and Crimson Tide. Okay, I guess if you're a big fan, you just name your kids what you want. Uh, one person named their kid Pirate. And then another one is Rufus Tiger, is a real name. And for those of you who love to eat, someone named their child Nutella. Okay? I like Nutella. Maybe you really love Nutella so much that you want to name your child after your favorite snack food. Um, in 2008, uh, a child was put in, under court guardianship in New Zealand. Because her parents gave her the name, I'm going to try my best, guys. Tallulah does the hula from Hawaii. Okay? Now, that sounds really funny, but it's real. I promise. Go on Google, type in Tallulah does the hula from Hawaii, and it will pop up this news story of a family who named their child that. Okay? I don't know if they just described a scene that they wanted to, to be part of or what, but they described. They named their child this. And uh, the judge, here's a quote from the judge of, in this case. He said, The court is profoundly concerned about the very poor judgment of the child's parents have, that they have shown in choosing this name. Uh, luckily, this child eventually got to change their name uh, under court order uh, that hopefully improved their quality of life. Uh, but names have always been very important. Uh, names are very important and have a lot of meaning. A lot of you probably have been named after someone previously in your family, or you named a child after someone who meant a lot to you, uh, either a best friend or a grandparent or an aunt or uncle. But names have a lot of meaning. But in this story... It's very interesting to me that Matthew doesn't give this guy a name. He simply just calls him a man. 
And what's important to see here is that he's not known by a certain name. He's known by an action that he took. Okay, This man is not known by a certain name. He's known by an action that he took. And we're going we're gonna to see that going forward. Look at verses 15 and 16. 15 and 16. We're going to read 15 again. Kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic, and he suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not heal him. This man is suffering. Not only is this man suffering, but his child is suffering. If anyone here has dealt with sickness in your family, sickness of someone you love, maybe yourself, uh, you know the links that you would go to to help that person. And I, and I haven't experienced this myself, but I've heard that if it's your own child, that it's just on a whole nother level. That you would go the extra mile to make sure your child is taken care of. And I, and I think that's what we see here. A man who is literally willing to do whatever it takes to make sure his child is taken care of. Parents are willing to do anything to, to help their children. I've even heard the statement, I wish we could switch places when a parent has a child that's very sick. I wish we could switch places. Uh, it seems like I remember Matt Cook standing up here talking about his daughter Gabby who is facing uh, a liver transplant and him saying those words that he wished he could switch places with his daughter. Uh, you may be like this man. You may be dealing with something very difficult uh, in your life now. Um, it, it may not be sickness. It may be uh, bills. Uh, it may be um, you're taking care of someone that you love. Uh, it may be that you're in a bad job and you really don't like your job. And you wish you could have another job. Uh, but everyone here is ending this year with something very specific on your heart. Something is on your heart tonight as you end this year. Uh, and, and it's something very specific to you, very unique to you, that's either bothering you uh, or that you've dealt with this year as you reflect back or something that you're... Uh, maybe it's not something negative. Maybe it's something positive. But everybody has something on their hearts tonight. Uh, but you may feel like you're ending this year very broken, very lost, and very confused. This man was in that same position. His, his child was very sick. He was very broken. He was very confused. He didn't know where to turn. And, and notice what he does. Notice what he does. He goes straight to the only person in the world that he thought could fix his problem. Jesus. He goes to Jesus. Look at verses 17 and 18. Verses 17 and 18. And Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. Notice what it says. Jesus healed this boy instantly. Instantly. When we come to this part of the story, we recognize that this story doesn't give this guy a name for a very specific reason. It's because this story is not about him. 
This story's not about him. This story's not about the journey it took him to get to his Savior. It's not about the courage that it took for him to step in front of his Savior. It's not about the man at all. This man's story is not about him. This man's story is about Jesus. Okay? This man's story is about how Jesus changed his life. And his name doesn't matter because the only name that matters is Jesus. Jesus can do some pretty phenomenal things in our lives if we allow him to. Several years back, Allison and I went uh, to a wedding. We, I think in our first four months of our first five months of marriage, we went to four weddings. Uh, it was just all of our friends were getting married, uh, and it was it was just very busy time. Uh, but one particular wedding I remember going to, and it was just after the bride and the bride and her father walked down the aisle, and they were standing uh, before uh, the groom and uh, the preacher. And uh, the the preacher said something that really stuck with me. He said, he looked at the groom and he said, look, this walk that your bride just took down this aisle symbolizes a very special journey that she has taken in her life with her dad. But not only that, but a very special journey that she has taken with her dad, with Christ. And it symbolizes also a very special journey that her dad is agreeing to let you have with, her, with his daughter, with Christ. This, this marriage is not about necessarily you and him. Your marriage needs to be about Christ. And that, that thought really stuck with me. And I think that it could be applied not just to a marriage, but to any person. That your life is not about you. Your life is about Christ. And in this story with this man, that's what we'll call him, this man, it's not about him. And that's why I think that Matthew never gives him a name. I'm sure he had a name. But his name was unimportant because the story's about Christ. Your life is about Christ. Now look at verse 19. Look at verse 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why, would, why could we not cast it out? Why could we not cast it out? So let's go on. In verse 20, he says, Because of your little faith, for truly I said to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Jesus looks at him and he's, it's almost like, you have just completely missed the point. You've just completely missed the point. You're very confused. These, these special men who Jesus has chosen to follow Him all along the way, all His journey, His ministry, and here they are, they've seen everything He can do, but yet right here, they've completely missed the point. As we close out 2016, I want to challenge you to make sure that you don't miss the point. That you don't miss the point of your entire life. That you don't miss the purpose that you're here for. To glorify Christ. To honor Christ. To bring other people to Christ. Don't miss the point. And as we look at verse 20, you can tell that it's almost like Jesus is just waiting for them to grasp the concept that He's challenging them to. 
It's like if you could just if you could just figure it out. There's so much that we could do together. There's so much that I could use you for. And I think he would say the same thing to us. If we could just figure it out. If we could just recognize that our life's not about us and that God wants to use us to do things that are much bigger than we are. If we could just figure that out, then some incredible things would happen in our lives. I read this story once about uh, a game that, that kids would play sometimes. Maybe you've played it, uh, but it's called Bigger and Better. Bigger and Better is the name of this game. And the whole idea is that you start out with a dime. You start out with a small dime, and you go and knock on, from door to door, and basically you ask the person that answers the door if they would trade you for something either bigger in size or better in quality. So you take the dime, you go from, to the first door, and you say, can you trade me something bigger or better than this dime? And so I was reading this story about a man named Richard who was playing this game. He says they went to the first door, and he, he knocked on the door, and he asked the question, can you trade me something bigger or better? And at the first door, they gave him a mattress. Now, I don't really know why, uh, but they traded him a dime for a mattress. Maybe it's like some of you, you had a mattress in your house that you've been just dying to get rid of. Uh, when me and Allison first got married, we had this uh, mattress that we ended up not using, and it was propped up against the wall in the back of the house, and Allison had been begging me to get rid of it. Uh, maybe some of you have a mattress like that. Maybe that's what they traded. I'm not sure. Uh, but maybe it was a pretty good mattress. But they traded him a mattress. And uh, so then he, he, same scenario. He takes the mattress, goes to the next door, knocks on the door, says, can you trade me something bigger or better? And this time he ends up with a ping pong table. This is pretty incredible. I'm very intrigued, and I'm, I'm thinking about trying this myself. So if I knock on your door, just find something, Okay. So the next house, he, he, he goes, they wheel this ping pong table to the next house, knock on the door, pose the same question. Can you trade me something bigger or better? And he gets an elk head. Now, I don't know if that's really better, but uh, maybe it's bigger. I don't know. But he gets an elk head for a ping pong table. Then he takes the elk head to the next house. And uh, you would think, you know, for me, when I'm thinking about this, at this point, you just traded a dime to a mattress, to a ping pong table, to an elk head. I, I would almost just go home with the elk head and have a really cool story, put it on my wall, and be able to tell people, yeah, one time me and my friends got bored and we took this dime and we ended up with this elk head. Uh, funny story, but, but not good enough for Richard. So Richard continues on, and he trades five or six more times. Now guys, this is a real story. He ends up with a Dodge pickup truck. I'm serious. This is a real story. A Dodge pickup truck. And, uh, and then he, he, he took it, and he, he stopped there. He didn't go to the next house with the pickup truck. Uh, but I've even read of a story of someone doing this with a red paper clip where they ended up with a farmhouse. Okay? You need to you type it in, the red paper clip project online, and you'll find a story of some guys who got together, tried to decided to trade this paperclip and ended up with a farmhouse. Pretty incredible. Incredible story. But my challenge to you 
is to realize that you have an opportunity to do something very special. You have an opportunity to do something very special every single day. Too often we look at our relationship with Christ as a sacrifice. And, and yes, it takes a lot of sacrifices uh, to, sometimes to follow Christ. Uh, but I'm, I want to pose to you the idea that, that following Christ is, should not be necessarily a sacrifice for us as much as it should be us realizing that we're trading up. We're trading up when we decide to follow Christ. When you hand your life over and decide to follow Christ, you are making a decision that is much bigger and better than anything you could ever imagine. Christ is offering you eternal life. Christ is offering you, and even eternal life doesn't fully grasp how great it is, Christ is offering you an eternity with Him, with His Father, with His Spirit, in perfect partnership with them, in a perfect relationship with them. A relationship with Christ is trading up. And it's time, as we close out 2016, and as we enter into 2017, it's time to realize that our life is not about us. And as long as we make our lives about us, then we're not getting out of life what God wants us to get out of life. As long as we're making our lives about us, then our lives can't be complete. My challenge to you is to realize something bigger and better. Trade your life out for something that's bigger and better than you. Trade your life out for a relationship with God. Now what is that going to take? Maybe as you think about it tonight, you think about a sacrifice that you need to make. Uh, maybe that's uh, a struggle you've had ever since you gave your life over to Christ, that you've been struggling uh, with, with making the sacrifices you need. But, but remember the statement that I've made, that it's trading up. It's not, a, not necessarily a sacrifice, but you're getting something better out of the deal when you trade it all in. And also, maybe tonight you need to get in to as perfect of a relationship as you can with Christ by taking Him on in baptism. Maybe something needs to happen in your relationship. If, if there is a need, please come forward as we stand and sing.